This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Listen, all you New Yorkers. is the 77 WABC minicast. Why is there a migrant crisis? Obviously, like many crises, the answer to that question involves many factors. One of the key factors, and I have been one of the first people to talk about this on the radio uh, from the time this started a year and a half ago, is the fact that the countries that these people are fleeing are trash. I hate to put it that way. There's a lot of great people in those countries. There's a lot of natural beauty in those countries. But the economy in these countries, it's garbage. It does not allow you to earn a living. So what are you going to do? If you're someone in one of these countries that is faced with the prospect of abject poverty for yourself and for your children, what are you going to do? You have a choice of leaving or staying there and having your children and your grandchildren continue to live in squalor. I know what I'd do. I'd get out of there pronto. And that leads me to a very rare point of agreement with the bipartisan foreign policy makers in Washington. Usually, I'll be the first to say, I think President Biden's record on foreign policy has been abysmal. I really think it's been backwards in so many different respects. I think where he is on Saudi Arabia is bizarre. Uh, Where he is with respect to Iran will very likely encourage more kidnappings. Where he is on Afghanistan and the pullout from Afghanistan is just marked by incompetence. The uh, schizophrenic nature of how to handle Taiwan is something that leaves a lot of people scratching their head. And uh, the the instant the Ukraine situation, which maybe we'll talk about later, is just horrible. I think it may very likely lead us to an armed conflict with the largest nuclear power on the planet. That being said, even with my disagreements with President Biden and the bipartisan foreign policy establishment, because whenever both parties get together on foreign policy, usually it spells bad news. It usually means things like the Iraq war or uh, overthrowing Libya, or, um, I don't know, endless streams of funding for the Ukrainian government. However, Washington, D.C. is set to ease restrictions on Cuba's private sector in a bid to revive the island nation's moribund economy that has forced thousands to flee to the United States. This move, a rarity in Washington these days, is winning the backing of both parties, and it's going to allow Cuban entrepreneurs to open U.S. bank accounts. Cuba is suffering its worst economic recession since the collapse of the Soviet Union more than 30 years ago. 
Exports are down more than 35% compared to last year. Food shortages, power blackouts, and soaring inflation, coupled with a violent crackdown on dissent, have forced record numbers of Cubans to emigrate. And a lot of these migrants that we're seeing on our shores here are fleeing abject poverty in Cuba. That's why I think this move to relax the Cuba sanctions is such a positive one. And I wish they would go further. I wish we would go all out and lift all of the sanctions and allow Cuba and the United States and the people in Cuba and the United States to trade openly with one another. And I understand the whole rationale behind um, you know, sanctions on Cuba and the embargo on Cuba put in place by John F. Kennedy to overthrow the Castro regime and communism. Well, this has been a 60-year experiment that has failed. The Cuban communist regime has outlasted not only Kennedy, well, it started with Eisenhower, not only Eisenhower, but Kennedy, Johnson, uh, Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden. So do we really think, seriously, keeping sanctions in place on Cuba and keeping this absurd embargo in place on Cuba is going to do anything to make it more likely for them to overthrow the communist regime. Of course not. The only people that this is causing a major problem for, well, not the only people, because if you're one of these Cubans that's poor because of the American sanctions and this embargo, it's a problem for you. But the big problem here is for the United States. We have to deal with this flood of people fleeing Cuba and, I would say by extension, Venezuela. I am not sure why policymakers keep going to the sanctions pool. Because what we've seen again and again, with maybe one exception, that being uh, apartheid in South Africa, sanctions don't work. Sanctions do not succeed in getting countries to change their behavior. They haven't worked on North Korea. They haven't worked in Venezuela. They haven't worked in Cuba. They haven't worked almost anywhere where they've been tried. That's why my contention is we need to go forward with these easing of the sanctions. I'm glad that they're go I'm glad that they're doing it. Kudos to the congressional leadership in both parties and President Biden for doing it. I hope it uh, improves the Cuban economy, which by extension will mean fewer people trying to come into the United States, and uh, I hope they go further. Go further. This is a wonderful starting of uh, it's a wonderful start to a turning of the page on our absurd and self-defeating sanctions strategy.